Okay, we're at the halfway point, everyone. Number five, huh? Number yep, five, number five, Brian. All right, so I've got um, Kevin J. Anderson here at number five for me. And he would have been higher except for I have not read most of the Young Jedi Knight series because uh, I have not yet gotten my hands on most of that series. Um, and I know that's a lot of what he did, but he did do, obviously, the Jedi Academy trilogy, which is a fan favorite, and it ought to be on a lot of people's favorites book lists because uh, it is a very good trilogy. And uh, I think we've already mentioned him during this conversation, yes, if I'm not mistaken. I, I had him at number eight. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I, did I miss well, – are we at one again? Did we go to number one again? <laughs> I can't recall. Um, well, maybe after reading Young Jay Nights, you'll see why. I, 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 I currently am, am on the Diversity Alliance story okay. arc. And Jeremy, guess what? Hmm. At right now, like I haven't I haven't finished it all yet because I still got one. I'm almost done with Jedi Bounty, about to read Empress Plague, uh, hopefully a Memorial Day weekend. But uh, I I think it may be better than the Shadow Academy, which was all. Oh, I, I think it, it's better. And I, I think it's a lot better. They just and when he makes, I, I love continuity, right? Well, he makes continuity, but he makes it make sense. He takes all the Bantam adventures and says, if this happened and this, I mean, he was doing what Del Rey did with New Jersey Order before Del Rey had the rights. And he was, I always appreciate that. And I was like, and see, I didn't remember all that. I didn't remember there were so many connections, not just reference. Not remember when Thrawn attacked? It wasn't anything like that. No. <clears throat> but there's some really deep references. And I was like, in fact, some of it's so good. I, I have totally forgotten um, about a storyline. I thought it was in New Jet Order, mm-hmm. but it's in Young Jedi Knights. Interesting. Rain Order. The, the only Luke, thing I, I, I have. I all that was Young Jedi I mean, uh, New Jet Order for some reason. Mm-hmm. The one thing I had issue with with diversity was um, during. What was that? Anyway. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she Came just wanted in a conversation. Okay. Some... My, my, my thing with Diversity Alliance, and we're going to get into the is Boba Fett's character's a little wonky, but I didn't they retcon it so it's his daughter or granddaughter or daughter, or did they? Was it did he? It's so weird because I'm almost positive he meant that to be Boba Fett. When was the last time you read the Diversity Alliance? A while ago. Nola says, are you sure you're fat? You don't seem like fat to me. She went, you could be a girl underneath there. Says that. Says, wasn't Leia disguised as boss? How do I know you're not a girl? And she's doubting that it's fat. And thinking Uh it's the girl. He's like, it's me, I promise. But I'm not taking off my helmet for Nola, not even you. So... Yeah, I think at the time he thought it had to be fat, but again, I don't, I don't think know it is. such an they they set it up to where it could easily have been his daughter the whole time, and I think they did retcon it for that. But either and there's a few there's one other thing I can't remember what I just read, but I was like, did he do that on purpose, or was that just a a happy coincidence that he able he was able to tie it to get that people are later on able to tie it together? I'll I, tell I you what. I'll tell you what, I'll take Boba Fett in the Diversity Alliance over. I'm reading KW Jeter's Bounty Hunter Wars. Terrible. 
But and I, I I literally came up with the conclusion Boba Fett shouldn't be the main character of a novel. So there you go. What's better? Katie Jeter's Bounty Hunter Wars or Planet Twilight? I'd take Planet of Twilight over. Well, there no, you go. I don't one. know. I don't I know because there's nine some... more. All right. I haven't finished hard merchandise yet. So I'll have to let you know. Oh that's that not gonna save the series if you're No, it. nothing <laughs> happens. It's a shit. Anyway, the children where nothing happens. All right. So Dylan, what's your number one? I think that's where we're at right now, right? <laughs> no. So my number five is one I guarantee none of you have on your list, but you should. It's one that I didn't even remember until this morning. And he knocked not only knocked off knocked off Michael P. Q. McDowell from my list entirely, but he knocked but he jumped up to number five. Gendy Tartovsky. That's a good choice. That is a good choice. I and, didn't think of that. And it's it's so different, right? Because like like television is a different, right? It's a it's very much like comics where it's a visual medium. But I really think, especially with the Clone Wars micro series, it feels like a comic because there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of storytelling that's happening through the dialogue. The storytelling is all through the action and actions of the characters. It's like it's like the epitome of like show don't tell storytelling mm -hmm. in that way, and it's so great at that. It's the well, uh, in, in I, I remember how invested I was watching those shows. It was just so in volume two, like when uh, when Anakin's seeing the vision of, of the cave paintings on the wall, that's essentially like there's no dialogue to that. But you understand exactly what is ha what's happening, exactly what it's trying to tell you, and exactly what it's foreshadowing and how it relates to Anakin. All it's that so, is done with with just moving images. It's so nice that the Mortis arc ripped it off. I don't don't remind me of that. <laughs> 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 no, it's it's it, uh, his uh, his Clone Wars uh, shorts. They fit in to every single marathon I do of the original six films. They're amazing. They, they always Clone go Wars. in there. It's the only time Star Wars TV ever worked, in my opinion. Um, and and by the way, Michael P. Q. McDowell would have been a, a good honorable mention for me too. Okay. Um, okay. So my number five is a tie. I know what a shock. One of these we talked about, which is Brian Daly. Okay. But the other one is L. Neil Smith. And it's because these books are so similar in tone, I just couldn't differentiate. Um, taking two characters before there was really anything written about them and flushing them out. Um, I, I really like the Lando Calrissian trilogy. They're very weird. They're very different. But it just screams of classic expanded universe. Hmm. Yeah, and I think I, Matt disagrees with you 100. <laughs> <laughs> percent No, I'm, 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 I'm. I got, I got comments to make. Let him finish. Nothing <laughs> like these. What these two authors wrote has ever been done since. And I didn't put Alan Dean Foster on my list because. Splitter of the Mind's Eye has some interesting ideas, but unfortunately, it really focuses on that Luke Leia love story, which is kind of funky to read, you know. At post <clears throat> it was written as a cheap sequel for Star Wars. Yes, and um, I think his Force Awakens novelization is pretty good at explaining the stupid Starkiller base weapon. He actually uses real-life science to try to explain how it works. 
But basically, anytime you try to write Finn and Ray having love scenes of any kind or showing any interest in one another, Lucasfilm would make him take it out. Um, he wrote a treatment for Rise of Skywalker where he explained that Ray was a cyborg, and I think that would have been a lot more interesting than what we actually got for the Rise of Skywalker. But the approaching storm is the most boring Star Wars book ever written. Yes. Okay. Approaching storm or Planet Twilight. <laughs> I'll take Planet Twilight. No, I'll take I got eight more that I can give you. It's a close, but I, I tell you what, I love the duel between Leia and the Hut in Planet of the Twilight. That's, that's the only thing I like. I don't I love the part where that, she that. might have, where the Jedi Master was a Luminata, thought that her Padawan might have fallen in a hole and couldn't have gotten out. <laughs> you know, the thing is, Alan Dean Foster likes to think that he wrote Approaching Storm because he wanted strong women. But well, has he actually read The Approaching Storm? The lead-in novel to Episode 2 puts you to sleep, whereas uh -huh. Labyrinth of Evil is like drinking a six-pack of Red Bull. Uh -huh. By the end of that, you were just charged for Episode 3. By the end of Episode 2, you were lulled to sleep by Chapter 2. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. All the stuff that was lead into Episode 3, you had Tarkovsky's Clone Wars uh, short animations, you had Labyrinth of Evil... You also had the Republic Commando video game, which all of yes. which pointed to episode three. And I'm just remembering the hype levels those three things together put when I went to go see that on midnight release. That was that was amazing stuff they did with the expanded universe tie-ins there. Good times. Yeah, um, that that's my number five. Man. Number five is Austin. He's the only author to make me laugh the most. Mm -hmm. I've laughed a lot of them. The one I laughed the most has Austin. What a great sense of humor without seeming campy. <clears throat> um, you, uh, Jeremy said that he would write books based off one funny scene in his head. That could be, that couldn't be more true than Mercy Kill when yeah. Piggy does his dance. I, I guarantee you, he didn't have any idea what the next book would be about. But he knew he was going to have Piggy strip nude and dance, or strip nude <laughs> skibbies and dance. He knew that's what he was going to do. Then he had to come up with the story to get to that point. I yeah. promise you. And when he's typing it on his computer, Austin is giggling the entire time while he's writing that chapter. He's like, this is it, this is it, yeah! <laughs> he's cheering and everything. <laughs> um, that is a big regret for not getting to see him before he passed away. Huge regret. Uh, no one wrote, I mean, here's the thing. When you replace Stackpole in a super successful series, because when it was uh, the first time I saw Alton, I said, who's this? Oh. It's not Stackpole. Oh, the quality has now gone down. That's what you're all going to assume. <clears throat> but then he steps in and does a great job. And, and in my opinion, it is a little bit better than Stackpole. But if someone says Stackpole is better, I, I'm not going to argue with anyone. Mm -hmm. But his one misstep stumbled a little bit was Mercy Kill. Not not the good old romp like uh, Starfire's The Andumar or anything from Race Squadron, which I think are just brilliant novels. But the, but Mercy Kill's good, but just not great. And then uh, the other stuff that he wrote, too, was, it was fine, too. But Austin, great, great author, underrated. 
or or I don't know. Maybe the people's choice will be Austin. Do we already have Austin? It seems like we already did. Yeah, he was at nine. Okay, which is weird to me. I thought he should have been hired. Oh, wait till you get the people's choice for number five. There's there's a logic to it, and this will also give away one of the other ones. The people's choice at number five is James Kahn at four point oh seven. Uh, sorry, uh, 4.05 at 9,809. He was the uh, novelization Return the for Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I have him as an honorable mention simply because he only wrote that. And and it's a fine novelization. Um, I, per, I, I don't know. I read his Temple of Doom novelization, and I thought it was the weakest of all the Indiana Jones novelizations. But... He's fine. He he writes novelizations really well. That was his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. He also yeah. wrote the Poltergeist novelization. It just tells me I'm I'm not into their people's choice there. Yeah, the people's choice isn't very much uh, aligned with where I'm at either. I, I have a feeling Karen Travis is going to be number one. <laughs> I have a feeling. Karen <coughs> Travis will think... take one of the final four slots. I will say. Uh, all right. All right. The Republic Commando series or Planet of Twilight? <laughs> Republic Commando. No. <laughs> hard contact, man. Hard contact. I know Etan had hard contact with okay. that clone okay. trooper. Okay. And she did. Uh, those clone troopers are having hard contact with like the Twilight rate. Probably rate each other because every time they say something Mando, they go, We're a Mando. Huh. It's, it's like, like it, we people. talk Mando. Huh. We follow all the Mendo traditions. Love it. Huh. Mendo talk. Huh. We'll get into it later. I'll tell you what. I'll take Planet of Twilight over Wild Space. I got seven more books. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Number four. Number four. All right. So uh, I'm just going to drop the bomb now and say uh, this is actually where I put Zon. Is uh, number four for me. Interesting. That's very interesting. You all, you put number. Uh, it's on at number four. Yeah, I put him there. Um, he is a very good author. Um, obviously for the Air of the Empire trilogy, but uh, he has some other books in the expanded universe that didn't quite do as well. Uh, almost feels like he dropped off a little bit there. Um, but that's kind of just my general feeling for Timothy Zahn. I'm gonna throw my opinion out here because Zahn didn't make my list. Period. Zahn wrote Air of the Empire, uh, like the, the whole Thrawn trilogy is good. Hand of Thrawn, I think, is better. Outbound Flight is the best book he ever wrote. Survivor's Quest is very mediocre. Allegiant <clears throat> Choices of One are not good. Scoundrels is embarrassingly bad. And all of his new canon work is terrible. <laughs> I, I had a friend of mine read all the Timothy Zahn stuff. And he goes, Hey, Matt, he didn't know the difference between Legends and New Canon. He went, what do you think of these three? I went, I never read those. He went, because I've been reading this stuff right now, and I've really loved it, but these three books are just horrible. And I went, those are the New Canon books. He went, oh, okay, so they're not part of the other? I said, no. He went, oh, he said, because it's like, he said, I was reading these. I was like, man, I don't enjoy this. I usually enjoy Timothy Zahn. um, And I agree with all that. He didn't make my list either. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the Air to the Empire trilogy is great. I, yeah. I I do agree with you. I think Outbound Flight is just brilliant. It's brilliant. But he's someone who should have stopped early. He stops early. He's up. He's up high on my list. 
but because he kept going on and he the stinkers stinkers. oh yeah they're embarrassingly bad okay okay choices of one or huh. planet of twilight choices of one is terrible choices of one no no it makes zero <laughs> barely just the barely the, the hand of the empire are just dumb you don't care about them at all it's it's such a bad choice in the cover it's got to be with a hardback the cover. The cover's fine. Okay. No, I have, not, to, I have to say this now because it's so topical. It's interesting, Brian, you put Timothy Zahn at number four because that's also where the masses have him. Choices of one is not only Timothy Zahn's, according to the masses, fourth best book, only beat out by the Thrawn trilogy. It is number 14 on the all-time list, according Why? to the masses. I think you need to check your data again. <laughs> Luke and Mara keep barely missing each other. Why? Why do we need that? Why do you think that book, there's nothing redeemable about that book? It just feels more competently written than Twilight, but just barely. It's like this. I should bury my hand to your chest like a drop and suck the life right out of you. That's the plan. 6,313 people all decided that that choices of one was a 4.14 out of five. I disagree, but I have six more books that can. Better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dylan. Where you all right. My number, number four is one we've already mentioned, John Ostrander. Um, my favorite comic series of all time is legacy. Um, the original legacy up to legacy of war. I love, I love everything about the legacy era. Um, up till that point, I don't like Legacy 2 for obvious reasons. Um, but Ostrander is the best, in my opinion, comic author out there. Um, he's the highest of all the comic authors. Everyone above him is in, is um, a novel-only um, writer. And uh, honorable mention also to Jan, who uh, essentially was Ostrander's wingman, the, uh, the, mm -hmm. the uh, writer-artist duo of um, John Ostrander and Jan Derisma. They have done some of the best stories in Star Wars comics, and uh, it, it really pains me to, to put him at four. Because, but the other three are just so much better. Because I really do enjoy um, um, Legacy. I enjoyed I enjoyed the first Purge that he did. Um, I haven't read all of Republic, but the bits of Republic um, that I've read have all been all been his stuff. It, it's all great. My only my only complaint with him, he does this thing that I don't like, is that. He has he has this pet character that keeps dying and he keeps bringing him back. I, I, I wish he didn't do that, but that's my only complaint with with him. That his pet character being Kukuruk, of course. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, my or number four. Yes, Ty once again, AC Crispin and Jude Watson. Um, AC Crispin. Wrote a an incredible Han Solo trilogy. How do you top Brian Daly's trilogy? Well, AC Crispin does it. You give Han Solo's origin. You don't quite talk about how Chewbacca and him met. Like you don't see that, but then suddenly in book two, they're to they're a duo. Um, Rebel Dawn, the the end with uh, explaining why Han. And Lando had their falling out, only to you know have Timothy Zahn mess it up. And scoundrels. With scoundrels, which I think is <clears throat> one of the most offensive EU books ever. 
I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll take Planet of Twilight over Scoundrels. How about that? <laughs> you watch it. But, but yeah, uh, AC Crispin, I really like how gritty her books are. Um, I mean, you can just check out Matt's video on Paradise Snare, and it, it's pretty much my opinion on it. Uh, I think it's really, really a solid book, and the whole trilogy is well worth your time. Jude Watson, I can't praise her enough. She's one of the reasons that I'm even into Star Wars. Uh, her Jedi Apprentice books, I think, are incredible. Her Jedi Quest books are really good. Last of the Jedi has its moments, but overall, I think it's kind of a dud. And I, I'm just going to say this. We've talked about this many times. I think Jude Watson is Alex Wheeler and wrote Rebel Force. Rebel Force kind of is bad, but I'll tell you what. More hits than misses. Uh, Legacy of the Jedi, Secrets of the Jedi. Both are really solid books. The last one, Stanton short story, is very bittersweet. I think that should have been the end of her stuff. Um, but <clears throat> we did get Last of the Jedi, which, like I said, has its moments. But, uh, I mean, she defined who Qui-Gon Jinn was. She defined who Obi-Wan Kenobi really was. Um, and AC Crispin really defines who Han, Chewie, and Lando are in like a more modern time. Um, and I that's why I kind of put them together, uh, as my pick. I just couldn't put one over the other. You're you're right about Jude Watts. I may I may should have put her on this because Jedi Apprentice, no one writes Qui Gon better, and that's mm-hmm. the best children's book series they'll ever be. I, I just, if the EU were to continue, good luck. You'll never beat Jedi Apprentice, in my opinion. No, no. It's, an, it's an amazing, incredible young adult series. Um, Jedi Quest is very good. It falls in the vein of Jedi Apprentice. It's just lacking Qui-Gon. But that's his yeah. only fault. It's yeah. really good. Last of the Jedi is teetotal garbage. Then you get to um, uh, Rebel Force, which is fine. A few hiccups here and there, but it's fine. It, it's, it doesn't beat Jedi Quest or Jedi Apprentice. Nothing nothing will. No. Those, are, those are fantastic novels. With, with Jedi Apprentice, the longest-running series, and still strong all the way through. Yeah. Strong all the way through. So, Excellent. assuming, assuming uh, she is not Alex Wheeler, Jude Watson is still the most prolific um, Star Wars writer when it comes to novels. She has 47 of them. The wow. next highest is is a uh, is Kevin J. Anderson, who has twenty one, less than half. And again, mm-hmm. that's that's counting you know, that's that's counting the fourteen books of Young Jedi Knights. No one is when it comes to novels. I mean, again, there's the caveat that these are young adult <coughs> junior novels, so you know, not as big as a full adult novel. But no one is pro, as prolific as as Jude Watson, even if even if you assume that she isn't Alex Wheeler. Pages and words would go to Kevin Janerson, correct? Uh, I don't think so. Because, oh. um, again, he only has four total novels, and um, okay. or adult novels, I should say. And even the... Um, yeah, the Young Jedi Knights books are still around the same size as... They're uh, 110, 120. Yeah, which is around you the same size. You need about three like of them to compete against... Uh, 
a big yeah. novel. So that'd be another, if he made 18, you're looking at another six novels, maybe. I, I think well, I mentioned in a video, it would be interesting if someone would ever figure out who word count wise is the most prolific Star Wars author. That That's that that's a level even above me. I don't have the patience for that. But yeah. <laughs> I, video idea for anyone out there who wants to tackle that, who ranking the <laughs> ranking by word count, who wrote the who wrote more EU? There you go. Uh, I'd be uh, that would be one heck of a bit of research you'd have to do. Uh, where are we at with number four then? Oh, where what do the masses think? Or no, Matt, uh, Matt, yeah, Matt, 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 Matt. Oh, mine. Um, my number four was mentioned earlier by Jeremy. It's, it's uh, Elmil Smith. Uh, that Land of Calrissian trilogy is incredible. Uh, and what, what he did right, first off, Lando's great. Lando's a great character. Also, <clears throat> on top of Lando being great, Vuvira is the perfect foil to it. They, they make a good team. There's lots of humor in it. Uh, the I, I, And uh, Adam and... Um, Noah and I were talking about this just this weekend. Which one is the best out of the trilogy? I don't know. The I mean, first one is really good because Lando looks like Sherlock Holmes at the end of it and just kind of he 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 untangles the big mystery, he unwraps it, but he knew all along he outsmarted the villain. It's just great. It's great. It's it sets the tone of who Lando is. He's not a Han Solo fillion, and the book tells you that comes out swinging in book one. Book three has one of the best ongoing gags in any book. Aaron Austin wishes he was that smart because <laughs> that Sabacc joke that yes. is for about three or four times that novel is great. It, I bet it pisses a few people off. Like he is at gunpoint. Everyone's pointing guns at him. Then, then the next chapter, Sabacc, he's playing games with. How do you do it? It's just Lando. He smooth talked his way out of it. Sheer charisma. And now he's playing cards with him because that's who Lando is. He, he's a silver tongue gorilla. He's fantastic. He's fan, and that was so. I thought that was in the whole book series, but it was only in the third book, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful, and plus, not many people, if anyone, has ever, ever, got made the Millennium Falcon feel like a character. The Millennium Falcon, when they're shooting the turbo lasers and they're all at full power, the light he sees the lights in the Falcon go dim. Because it's taking juice mm -hmm. from other areas. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the little uh, <coughs> slide lever that's at the uh, top of the Millennium Falcon when Hans push it? Well, Lando gets up, hits his head on it, goes, what blasted moron puts it up there? <laughs> that's right. That is not a very, very good place for it. But then uh, when, when it leans and moves, you, can, you hear it creaking. You hear uh, like one of the adjustments creaked, and he just oiled that, but the thing still creaks. And yes, it's it's an old rickety tank. Excuse me, I got the hiccups out. A tank, and no one has done a better job explaining what the Millennium Falcon's like than L. Neil Smith. It's good. And point. made such an enjoyable series. I had no idea how good that was going to be the first time I read it. Second time I, I went in being serious. I said, Is this going to go down on my list? No, it, it stayed. Uh, high on my list. He, an amazing author. It took him he, two weeks to write one book. And that's because Lucasfilm made, or no, Del Rey said, you got six weeks to write the trilogy. Wow. He locked himself in a room for six weeks. He hated his experience writing those books. But in six weeks, he crunched out 
an amazing trilogy. I didn't Who even does know. that under pressure when That's... they he couldn't do anything about the movies. He had to fight to get the Millennium Falcon. But Three books else, in six weeks, have. and so he had to go totally off his own. You know, go. You have two weeks to write a novel. Good luck. Good and, luck. And, and Chuck, making him out that how great he is. Chuck Wintick, what's your excuse at only taking forty-five days? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Came out garbage. Well, that's uh, that's something I did not know. So that's that's pretty impressive to me. I think did we already we already did the People's Choice or number four, correct? Yeah, no. it, it, it was a uh, Timothy Zahn four right. point. 4.07, Most of that is from the Thrawn trilogy. Good deal. And I want to ask Jeremy, Stealth and Gambit versus Planet of Twilight. Of course, Planet of Twilight wins. Stealth and Siege are the two, they're the worst Star Wars book ever. <laughs> it's the worst. Keep going. It's, we're getting there. Not according to the masses. The masses think it's a top, Karen Miller's top 10 material. <laughs> okay. okay. Question, no question to anyone who's seen my reviews. Which of Karen Miller's books did I say was a litter box full of used tampons? Because <laughs> I, I think it was either that. I can't or say or I remember that one. Watched by Read. Litter box full of tampons. It was wow. that era. Wow. So number three. <laughs> uh, Man, the kids go to sleep. So I have a uh, I have Carpishin here at number three for myself, uh, for a lot of reasons we've already discussed. Uh, but he gets a lot of bonus points for having been the writer behind one of my favorite video games of all time, Knights of the Old Republic. So, uh, but his books are awesome, uh, very very good reads, very fun reads. I know a lot of people that have them at the top of their lists uh, within my own circles. So I would not be surprised if those books end up pretty high on the masses lists. There, Dylan. <laughs> Well, you already know because you—I think you've seen the video. So. I've seen your video, <laughs> but that's my number three. I think we've already discussed them. So, Dylan, where are you at for number three? Uh, James Lucino. Lucino. Uh, okay, my three and two are constantly switching. It's the same two people. I just I, I, I leapfrog them all the time because it's the. I'll, I'll get into this when I get my number two. But for Lucino himself. Uh, no other author has written in as many eras as him. Um, has has like eight novels. Like it's one of the more uh, it's like top five of, of like the most for adult novels. But like just the ability to kind of like plug him in like literally anywhere in the timeline, and like he can just he can just bang out his story. He's he's the continuity guy he, more than so than anyone else. Able to fit things together. Able to put pieces all together. Able to um, able to like. Uh, just like make this make this one bit of a of a story fit into the overall story, build the overall story around it. He was the one who, again, it was him and Shelley Shapiro were the two who like had the idea for New Jedi Order. It, it started from them them two. It was their idea. It was their brain their brainchild. They were the one who who uh, who worked it all out. Who got all the authors uh, and and like made the, the overall arching story. Lucino is Lucino, and it pains me that there are two authors ahead of him. And sometimes I I I, I flip them because again, it's he he's just stunned so much. And the one blemish on on Lucino is I agree with Matt Cloak Deception. I do not like Cloak Deception. I think it is fairly boring of a story. 
um, and it is his weaker one. But everything else is just so great that uh, he has the he has the longevity and the consistency, in my opinion. So I know Jeremy said Cloak of Deception was good for him. Do you, do you have a book that you liked less than Cloak of Deception for Lucino? Then with me, yeah. Oh no, it's his it's his uh, least best Star Wars book, and I, I preference this by Star Wars because I've read other things that he's written non Star Wars. Um, well, no, no, because uh, his new canon Tarkin book, where he made Tarkin like a psychopath is kind of wonky but that has enough eu continuity that i didn't mind it um his two new canon books i would rank lower than than quoga deception um but i don't think they're bad i i you know they're 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 a tier for the new canon let me put it that way <laughs> well i have nothing to base that decision that the opinion on so uh where are you at for uh, number three, then? For me, it's a tie, I do believe. Yes, it is a four-way tie. Um, first one, Michael Reeves. Um, this Michael is Jeremy's Reeves. attempt to name every author in the EU. I think so. <laughs> oh, I could. It was Two-way, three-way, four-way, ten-way <laughs> tie for number one. Oh, no. Number one is one person. Okay. Number two is a pile of people, <laughs> just go with it. Go, yeah. go, go. Name, name, name the whole cast of New Zealand. This is coming from the person who has the top 10 EU novels that are actually 50 books. Okay. I knew that was coming back. <laughs> Jeremy, top 37 authors. Go. All right, all right, Jeremy, go ahead. So it's Michael Reeves, Steve Perry, John Ostrander, and Hayden Blackman are all tied for number four. I'm shocked you have Hayden Blackman in there, but I agree. Because I have reread almost all of his work. Told you he's good. He's good up to up until a point. He is he is the second best comic writer. Yes. Well, he is the second best when it comes to quantity. But uh, there is someone in my honorable mentions I think is better, but only wrote one thing. And I think you'll know who I'm talking about. Is that the twins hmm. and the Scott? Uh, Andy Mangles. I Andy think. Mangles is great. That's a great one-shot book. Yeah, but it's only one, and so I couldn't. Did you read up. his little short story that came out that got late? The sequel to uh, what's it called? Oh, no, I haven't read it yet. I have not. Hunter Prey or something like that. It's a shame because when you're reading it, you're thinking this should have been a comp book. There's mm -hmm. a lot of action in there, and they kind of describe it. But I'm thinking. No, this is a pitch to a comic book, is what it is. Not really a short story. So, so let me get into the whole Michael Reeves thing. I love all of Michael Reeves' books except for Coruscant Nights. I don't mind really? Coruscant Nights, but it's Quar not my favorite. Coruscant Nights gets worse after every book. Yes. And last, uh, last of the Jedi? The Last Jedi is not good. Okay, uh, that or Planet of Twilight? Last Jedi. No, why? <laughs> that is terrible. That is a terrible novel. That is a terrible book. You know it is. Search your feelings. You know it's true. They're both bad, though. This is... No, but that's... Like, come on. Between which Last Jedi is makes better you to wake time. up and punch a puppy in the face. It's just so bad. It's so... Bad. Last, 
Last Jedi, I, I also agree with you, Last Jedi is not as bad as Planet of Twilight. But Last Jedi takes, like, one of my favorite tropes, the, like, uh, the found family thing, and, mm-hmm. like, within the first two chapters completely breaks it apart. Like, no, 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 they're not a family anymore. One of them's dead, and the other doesn't want to work with anyone anymore. It's like why? Why do that? But that was the, that was the best part about Coruscant Nights was the whole like was the whole was the whole squad all working together. They all had their 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 things, and now one of them di- dies, and the other doesn't. And now they now that now it doesn't work because because he's too sad and he doesn't want to to work with everyone else again. Yeah. Why? Why and do it, that? It, and it's kind of left open for another one, but you don't want another one. Yeah. Uh, that, that that's the problem. But MedStar. Yes. What that's one of the, yeah. the best Star Wars, best Clone Wars, Wars tie-in novels that wasn't written by Jay Luc- Lucino. Best Clone Wars novel. novel. Um, Star Wars. Yeah. Both Star books are great. Excellent. Uh, Shadowhunter. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Good. Very best good. Best small book, in my opinion. Incredible. Um, Star is still number one for me. But I agree. Death Star is my number one, though, that he wrote. Death Star is great, too. And that's why Steve Perry got tied in. Because you can feel, most of the time, it feels like a Michael Reeves novel, but there's a couple moments that feel like Steve Perry, mainly when the Twilight bartender has the physical and she just strips out of her clothes. That feels like a Steve Perry moment. Because Steve Perry puts weird sex things in. But it seems like microwaves went in and they made humor out of it. They made a joke out of it. And I can't remember. What's his face? Who's in MedStar? He, he's also in Death Star. And he's like, well, I didn't ask you to do that. And she's like, I know you would eventually. Like, I, I just cackled. Like, <laughs> it, it's a good way of taking Steve Perry, who I do like as an author, aside from his weird sexual things he puts in his books. Like, um, his his aliens books are really weirdly sexual um, or in shadows, of the empire, the seducing of Leia with Zizor's pheromones. But I'll tell you what shadows, of the empire, one of the first books I remember my parents reading to me. So it has a special spot in my heart and it feels it's one of the most, in my opinion with Steve Perry, it's one of the most cinematic star Wars books ever written. It feels like a movie. And it makes sense that George Lucas would be like, okay, this is the big thing. We're going to have toys. We're going to have a soundtrack. We're going to have a video game. We're going to have a YA novel. We're going to have comics. And each one of those stories is different. It adds a different element to it. But it's all the same story. It just has different things, different characters. Just It, it was the big event. And Steve Perry was the right choice to lead that event. Um Shadow Games, one of the most underrated Star Wars books ever written. Shadow Games is great. Set, I'm reading that right now. The only downside to Steve Perry's writing is Shadows of the Empire Evolutions, which is, has some of the worst Star Wars covers ever <laughs> for comics. It, it's just, uh, it's not terrible, it, but it's not good. It's an unnecessary. It's one of the most unnecessary stories in Star Wars. But, I mean, Steve Perry, you can see he really, I mean, Black Sun, that's his idea. Like, a big bad going <laughs> forward. Uh, and he and Michael Reeves are just the perfect team. Now, with uh, John Ostrander, he's just the best. Uh, Dawn of the Jedi, it's not that great. It feels like it could have been great. 
if there had been time. I reread Dawn of the Jedi, everything Dawn of the Jedi recently, and my my general conclusion was that it was building to something, and then they skipped about twenty issues, and then yeah. they ended it. Yeah. And, um, because the end is really solid, and you could have gone further, like what John Jackson Miller did with with Knights of the Old Republic and tied off the little ends of it. But he did a better job than um gosh, who is who wrote into the void? Uh Tim Levin. Tim Levin, who I don't think is a bad author necessarily. Bad for Star Wars, sure, but not a bad author overall. Um, into the void or and it's twilight. Well, you've seen my review. I didn't mind into the void. I actually said it was kind of different and good in a lot of ways. This is one of the few times you see Force Alchemy. I like how um, Matt has frozen on my screen. Yep. Yeah. I think that's an appropriate right. time for the freeze, too. But anyway, um, John Ostrander, <laughs> there's not a lot more I can add to it, although I think he wrote Agent of the Empire, his like take on James Bond. Mm-hmm. Now, that, I think, is weaker than his his Dawn of the Jedi stuff, but at the same time, I kind of wanted him to write some James Bond comics. Uh, but I- all, to get to Hayden Blackman, so Hayden Blackman's big thing he's known for is Force Unleashed, which I think is awful. It's one of the worst things that happened to the expanded universe, in my opinion. It's what kept him off my list, actually, for the Force Unleashed. I considered him, but I, I couldn't do it because of the Force Unleashed. But- he, he, when John Ostrander isn't writing, Hayden Blackman's writing the Republic comics, and they're incredible. And then I was, I recently reread, I've reread a few of my favorite comics ever, the ones that really changed my opinion on writing. <clears throat> One of those being The Crow. I reread The Crow. I, I reread Watchmen. I reread a bunch of like the classic comics. Then I read a little thing called Django Fett Open Seasons. And I think it is the best comic book ever written. That's a strong statement. I think it's single-handedly the best setup. I, I can't even say it's the best Star Wars. I think it's just the best in general. I think it's one of the best comics ever written. But at the same time, you you made the most two of the most overrated video games of all time. At least Hayden Blackman didn't soil his name with writing those awful novelizations. They gave that to to a deserving author named Sean Williams to do. But anyway, <laughs> what's, your, what's your number four? I mean, it, uh, it was so long that my internet number was three, not, Number three, not number four. Oh, number three. Was. Number three. All right, so um, my, my number three is Dave Wolverton. Um, okay. You, you have uh, a lot of children's books in here, too. He's the one that kicked off Jedi Apprentice. It was very good. Uh, he wrote a bunch of the uh, Episode 1 adventures, the Star Wars missions, which is like when nobody's watching, do you just, you know, don't do you go on autopilot or do you make a good story? He chose to make a good story. Yes. Of course, Jedi Apprentice Lay is a good story. I'll be honest, there is some biasness here because I think, Dave Warburton is probably the most amazing uh, author Star Wars mm-hmm. ever had. Uh, we all got to talk. I, I say all of us. I don't know if Brian got to talk to him, but we, Dylan, Jeremy, and I have all talked to him. And there's no one on this face of the planet 
who made you feel like you were his peer. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just made you feel like you were just old friends whenever he talked to you. And he was just such a kind soul. And so there is a little biasness there, but that's why he's number three. Yeah. And by I've the way, I, I, yeah, by the way, Into the Void mm -hmm. or Planet of Twilight? Into the Void. I don't think it's you a bad so book. full of garbage. You're so full of garbage. You're lying <laughs> my, watch my review. You're lying through your from over. All right. Hold on. I'm going to get you to admit one of these. Jedi Trial. You like doing homework? Because that's what Jedi Oh, no. no go. I'll take Planet of Twilight over Jedi Trial. Thank go. you. Hold oh, on. Yeah. Hold on. I still got more. I'm still getting you a four. Night Errant. You got to admit. Yeah, oh, I'll take Planet of Twilight over Night there Errant. There you go. Yeah. Hold on. Let's keep going. Well, I got two. Oh, wait. You said yes to that one. That was so stupid. You said yes. To that. <laughs> okay. So I got one more. I Jedi. You're going to hurt Brian's feelings. So say no. I already know you guys don't like the book. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take Planet of Twilight over I Jedi, but that's a tough There you one. go. All yes. right. So there's uh, all I'll mine. All right. I'll take What's the number three by the people? The number three. Uh, well, Matt, what's your number three? Oh, I said Wolverine. Oh, you did. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah. Number three is one. number three is the other uh, Oteen uh, novelization. It's Jason author that isn't uh, Alan Dean Foster. Uh, Donald Glut. Alan Dean Foster mean. would have been on this list had he not uh, written uh, wrote other things. But again, the people love the Oteen novelizations. Uh, oh. Donald Glut wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, the only thing noteworthy of Empire Strikes Back is Yoda's blue. <laughs> I didn't That's know that. the only thing I remember from. only had concept art to go by. Exactly. And, yeah. and the, the the comic adaptation of Empire Strikes Back, I think, is better. It's got better art. I mean, Yoda's really, like, sits on Luke's shoulder. He's, like, really tiny and stuff. He's impish. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, All right, number two. Number two. Who does right. number two work for? <laughs> Good old Austin Powers there. <laughs> um, all right, so I've got uh, – this is where I have Aaron Alston. Uh, I always appreciate humor, um, and I can't not talk about Alston without referring back to Starfighters of Ardemar, uh, which is probably my favorite book of his that um, I've read. And I've probably read that one enough to a point where I do remember almost specific quotes from certain scenes, uh, like where Wedge has a long night and wakes up the following morning and tells the squadron that they need to shoot down the sun because uh, it offends him. <laughs> and I'm just like, that kind of stuff is hilarious. It's believable. You would yeah. you would you would see pilots talking like that to one another. It's Again, just hilarious without being campy. Right. I agree. I agree. I agree. So Alston's at number two for me. <clears throat> My number two, and again, I flip on this all the time with Lucino, is Matthew Stover. Because hmm. he... The, he's also my number two. He's he's one of the tie. Whoa, big cross that we all both talk about him because yeah. Dylan had... I mean, Jeremy has three other people at number two. Oh, no, there's another four. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Um, all right, Matthew Stover has, in my opinion... Written the best Star Wars novel ever written. You remember the Sith novelization. Yes, I agree. He has also written, in my opinion, the best New Jedi Order book, that being Traitor. I don't agree with that. And uh, it's really good, though. It'd be my top five. 
And I also really like Shatterpoint. I do. T- I like the first half of Shatterpoint. Like the thing with um, with Stover, it's the Stover versus Lucino argument in my head. Is Stover has the much higher peak? I think Stover doesn't have a bad book, whereas Lucino, in my opinion, has Cloak of Deception, and uh, Stover's highs are a lot higher than Lucino's highs. Because uh, I think, while while Unifying Force and Plagueis are really close to Revenge of the Sith, they're not quite there. And I think even Traitor is better than the. I think Traitor is arguably better than Plagueis. It it pains me to say that. Wow. I think it's very close. Um, I can but, see why you'd say it. I, I'm going to. Can I? But Lucino has the longevity, and he's got he's got twice as many novels. It's like, but he's less consistent. It, it's the it's why they always swap. I I can. Yeah. They're they're right. They're two and three, but which one is two and which one's three? depends <laughs> here here's my prop my one problem with stover stover oh here we go look who decided to wake up <laughs> look who decided to wake up when we're at number two i'm sorry i forgot everything about this you should have told me yesterday I, like I remind me you. like oh remember we're gonna do a stream i was asleep so yeah <laughs> well you so number- I, ju- I literally just woke up. Okay. I, uh, I mean, you you look fantastic. I bet birds sing to you when you wake up, just like Snow White. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so my problem with Matthew Stover is this: he can take something and over-explain it and make it horribly boring. For instance, let's talk about Luke Skywalker in the Shadows of Mindor, which I think is his worst book. Uh, because Luke Skywalker in the Shadows of Mindor, you know what the outcome is going to be at the beginning of it. it. It is Luke's transition to not being in the New Republic military. Okay, this in the it could be a fine uh, novel, even the when we know that that that's the outcome. But then we spend page upon page upon page explaining how a tie defender works if i wanted to know what that fucking shit was i'd read a fucking schematic book i don't (laughs) want that in my novel i don't fucking want that in my novel but at the same time shatterpoint's incredible up until it becomes war porn and becomes his re uh him putting the vietnam war in star wars Traitor. Traitor is his most concise book. Because I think they told him he had to have a certain page count because he kept coming up with new ideas. I think they said, you know, Matthew, that's great. But you, you got to fit this in about 300 pages. Uh, but I, his Revenge of the Sith novel, I think, is the peak of novelizations as a whole. Um, I really like how much his EU knowledge um, but sometimes it's just horribly boring. But anyway, I want to to digress here before we get into my five way tie at number two and Noah name off his list from Up ten to number two. I was going to suggest that, but I mean, I have a I have a five way tie. So, all right, Noah, your no. list ten to two. My li- my list. Okay. Uh. 
Let's start with honorable mentions. Well, I was um, going to do that after, between two and one. Oh, okay. So I should wait. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So number ten, uh, Tom Veach. Okay. That's a great pick, actually. Mm -hmm. Number nine, AC Crispin. Okay, that was we had AC Crispin on here. So I mentioned. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Number eight, John Jackson Miller. Okay. John number Jackson seven. Miller. Number seven, Mary Joe Duffy. Hey, that was my number. That was. That was my nine. number nine. Nine, yeah. I, I, a good I, one, I, Noah. Number six, Aaron Alston. Okay, that was so mentioned on all of our list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Number nice. five, That's... number five is Jude Watson. Mentioned again. Yeah. Uh -huh. Number four is Greg Keys. Okay, yeah. Mentioned by Jalen. Most of the authors have been mentioned because. Uh, Jeremy's had five-way ties on every number. Yes. <laughs> That's That's nice. Jeremy's list is exactly like Matt's uh, top 10 EU novels where there are 50 <laughs> authors on it approximately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> number three is John Ostrander. Okay. Wow, that high, but I love three. it. I love that it. was part of my four-way tie for number three. <laughs> and then number two is uh, Matthew Stover. Okay. Also my number two. So now we got to get into my five-way tie <laughs> for number two. We did talk about Matthew Stover, which is my number two. The first one is Dave Wolverton, uh, one of the kindest human beings that I've ever talked to. And I'm trying not to make that bias, but, I mean, he he took, like, like we talked about with Kathy Tires, he really took what Zahn had put out, and he just made it better with Courtship of Princess Leia. Um, his episode one adventures, I want to talk about those. Because those shouldn't be as good as they are. Um, also, who would bring in ghostlings? Dave Wolverton would. He's the only one that read, uh, uh, what was that? Crystal Star. <laughs> and then Matt's gone, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, Dave Wolverton really great wish he wrote more adult novels we only got the one but the one is good next writer winham i don't know why you're suddenly we'll remove you there we go i don't know what happened <laughs> anyway writer winham also tied okay. for similar reasons writer winham really understood the eu um, and I think that Lucasfilm did not appreciate him. Cool. They did him dirty from from what we've talked about behind the scenes. Yeah, that, that's a miss on me. I probably, That's another miss. I should have put him on here, too. I mean, he, he let's, was right. Let's, Clone Wars secret missions should not have been good. Shouldn't have been good, but are four really solid novels. They really uh, are. His uh, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, uh, Luke, and Maul stuff, all really interesting stuff. I wish he had written an adult novel. I think out of any of the YA authors who only wrote YA, I, I think that he should have should have written an adult novel, at least one. He just had such a grip of the expanded universe. And we already talked about Matthew Silver. Drew Carpishan. The Old Republic wouldn't be the way it is without Drew Carpishan. Mm 
I mean that that's his brainchild. Uh, the Darth Bane trilogy. My my dad is in the middle of Rule of Two right now. Mm. He's like, you gotta put Drew Carpenter on your list. You gotta <laughs> you gotta put it on there. <laughs> you got it. These books are incredible, Jeremy. I can't believe I, I hadn't read them sooner. <laughs> you know, uh, but like with the exception, Revan's kind of meh. I will say that I agree with that. Revan was kind of a meh book but compared I to the character, it. but I, I enjoyed Revan. Annihilation feels like classic Star Wars, but in the old Republic era, it feels like something that could have been a Bantam story. And... Fatal Alliance <laughs> or Planet of Twilight. Planet of Twilight. There you so, go. No, I he did it. I, I said that Planet of Twilight was terrible. I knew there was another one on my list I'd forgotten. I think yeah. that puts you at the eight you were looking for, or the ten you were looking for there, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Anything I write, I take anything Barbara Hamfrey wrote over Sean Williams. So, sorry, because I missed this. Matt, do you have Barbara Hamfrey on your top ten? Not yet. No, but he was talking about how how Planet Twilight is the worst. And I said I can name ten novels worse than that. <laughs> but how? But Seaching like, Gambit. Them more. Them. What's that? That was, that Gambit was one. one of them. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the worst thing that's in the EU. That I'm is, not like, defending Planet of Twilight. I'm just saying oh. there is worse. Oh no, you missed it. <laughs> According to the masses, Karen Miller is the eighth best Star Wars author. Wishing <laughs> 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 he didn't go on the stream. <laughs> I should have hit snooze. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. I, I should have continued. No, it would have been funny if you'd have gone. Wait a minute, guys. I haven't woken up yet. <laughs> <laughs> I still got two more with this tie. The next is John Jackson Miller. And I'll tell you why I put him at number two. Because, because he's he had seven other track. people there and he thought, I don't want to leave him by himself. Well, I, I he was the first one I put at number two. Oh, okay. He's your number one at number two. Go for exactly. It. Exactly. The true number two guy. But <laughs> he, he is the shit. Kotor. <laughs> His KOTOR comic is so good. It might be the best Star Wars comic series of comics. I put it over Legacy. It's just the characters, I think, are just slightly better. And and Kenobi, who would have thought a Western would work in Star Wars before, you know, the, everyone jerked off on the Mandalorian. It's like, oh, it's a spaghetti Western. I'm like, Kenobi did it first. Especially after watching that Obi Wan miniseries, uh, it made me really even appreciate Kenobi even more, as to not ruin my brain cells. But no, I can admit, Night Errant's terrible. Lost Tribe of the Sith, I think, is what happens when you write free stuff. I I, I never will. I mean, I know that came out in a Capendrum novel, which I'm very happy for, but I can't knock that because that was ultimately yeah, exactly. free, and I, I don't want to. I mean, overall, yeah, Lost Tribe of the Sith is not that good, but I can't fault him for that. That's free stuff. I can't yeah, and, and I think the concept for both Knight Errant and Lost Tribe are interesting. They just I, don't quite work. I think Lost Tribe does work, at least definitely better than Knight Errant. Oh, yeah, Knight Errant's. Why is there a Knight Errant novel between Knight Errant comics? There's no point. That's the That might be the most pointless Star Wars book besides uh, Ruins of Dantooine. But I, I will say that Ruins of Dantooine is better than 
Planet of Twilight. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Queen, I'm not going to throw that one on you. I mean, it has the best cover in the EU by far. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the Essential Legends collection to make it a, an even worse cover. Is that Wave 6? Wait, sure wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's one of Dantooine or the latest Dawn of the Jedi cover. Ruins a dance to Yeah, there's it doesn't something. Doesn't look like a third grader with a broken arm drew it. There's some. There, there's something like I can't describe it. It's so bad. It's it's like it crosses the threshold of it's so bad it's good. It transcends. It's modern it, art. But anyway, the last person tied at number two, Tom Veach. I no, can't. thanks for mentioning Tom Beach because he just added him to his number. No, I added Tom Beach. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. But Tom Beach is one of those people that really defined the EU. Dark Empire, incredible. Even Which Empire's is my number is one favorite comic. I think What's Tom that? Beach is brilliant. Dark yeah. Empire, you said? And Tales of the Jedi is right below that. Oh, I yeah, really, Tales of the Jedi, even better. I could, I could flip those two at any time. I mean, Lightsider. Now we can now talk about Lightsider. Incredible! I can't wait to review coming soon, everyone. <laughs> Lightsider. Now that now that I can't sneakily. Well, can I? I can I tell this story, Matt? Since yeah, you can. So Matt handed me Lightsider when, we, when Dylan and I went to his house, and I sat and read it over the span of like half an hour to an hour. And, and I it was I liked it so much I wanted to photocopy. Well, you said, well I let y'all look at the shelf, uh-huh. and I t- I talked to the I said, look, someone's coming to visit me. I want to show him. He said, yeah, you can totally do that. Um, and so I let him look at the shelf, and they look at. I can't remember which one he found first. Y'all went, what? What's this? And I went, what's it say? He went, what? And I mean, Jeremy's just sitting there, what? And I remember you sat down on the floor right there <laughs> and just started. And then Dylan and I started talking because you just automatically you had to read it. I had to read it. You had to. And you sat there and read the whole thing on the floor. That sounds like how I was in bookstores when I was finding books back the, in the day. You guys got to understand. Cam Sassalier, when I read Dark Empire, I was at a wedding with one of my childhood friends that I didn't want to be there because I didn't like his wife. They're now divorced. I can now talk about this. And I had never read any of the Dark Empire stuff because I couldn't find it. And I went to a free comic book day, the day of prom, senior year, and I found the Dark Empire trilogy in hardcover. Nice. For cover price of $25. And I bought it. And I had no money at the time. It was all the money I had. (laughs) And I got that, and I got the free comic book day issue of The Tick. <laughs> and I read I read The Tick first, of course, because I'm a huge Tick fan. But the Dark Empire stuff, I was reading that during the wedding. And I'm like, who's this Cam Sassalier character? He's awesome. Where's this introduction? Why? This doesn't make any sense. And then I found out about Lightsider, and I'm like, I have to read this. And it, but it doesn't exist. And this bothered me. This bothered me for several years until I met Matt Wilkins and he and I are in our first conversation <laughs> talking about light cider. This was the first thing. It was great because I'd never gotten to talk about it with anyone. <laughs> and 
I in hindsight, I kind of knew that you knew something that I didn't know, but you weren't going to say it at the time. <laughs> this is when we used to all Skype back in the day, everyone. Ah, uh, Skype days. The Skype days. This <laughs> yeah. is how I met Brian. This is how I kind of met Dylan. I met Dylan through a Google Hangout. Uh, but this is this is the days of the early EU rebellion as we all talked through Skype. And Matt and I had a four or five hour conversation of us just talking <laughs> about the the EU. This is, oh man. And this is this is how Legends the Legends podcast began. It's just our love of Star Wars. But at your house, when I discovered that I had to read, I it was compulsion. You sit down I, the floor. I remember exactly what happened. Yeah. Was this and, before and then, or after uh, Dylan finished I'll your cheesy post? Kudos to Noah's video. I had no idea that I'd shown a camera angle from the side that actually showed the title of the book. Mm. I was really good about not showing that. But uh, when Noah's, I was like, whoa, I did show it. Wow. Brian, to answer your question, this is the same day that Dylan ate all of Megan's cheese. Not all of them. <laughs> you ate all of them. No. She called. She called. She went that morning when we'd already taken off. She went, so I guess y'all enjoyed cheese balls. I said, what do you mean? I said, we didn't have the cheese balls. I said, I gave it to Dylan. What? How many are left? She went, there's none. I was like, no, no, Dylan donate all your cheese balls. But I'll be honest, Dylan, we got, I got another whole barrel of those things. Man, those things are tasty, dude. I, you just pop them in. You don't I'm not, them. I'm not, I'm not faulting them. Those are really good. Yeah, no, those are pretty, pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I was too busy drinking beer. <laughs> but you know what? She told Dylan unlimited cheese balls if she comes back. She really misses you, Dylan. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before they get you there. All right. Okay, two hour mark. What's your number two? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm done now. Did Noah give his two? Uh, yeah, my number two was Matthew Stover. Okay. Mine is going to. Wait. I heard, I heard you wrong. I thought we had a tie on number two here, Noah. Mine's Troy Denny. Oh, no. No. I can't do it. Um, he's, he's number one on a different list. <laughs> I know he is. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I obviously I'm a big Troy Denning fan. I think Star by Star is the best. Such a great novel. Um, just one draw. There's several big. You you take some of my top moments in the EU. You could pull at least two of them probably from this novel. Um, Boris Fila's death. Spoilers. I guess, and Anakin Skywalker's death are just two huge moments in this. Of mm. course, this is where he slaughters, he kills off so many people in Star by Star. Yeah. But uh, Boris Fiala's death has just got to be one of the best moments in the expanded universe. He finally gets that hero turn. And I mean, I could see it as a movie as it was playing yeah. out. It's just it was, so it, it was written well enough that you could see it. Yes, yeah. it was written so well. His only trip up to me was Tatooine's Ghost. I wasn't that impressed with it. It was more of a, hey, guys, I just saw episode one. Let me try to cram this into the story during the rebellion or during the Bantam era, which makes zero sense. Like back then, I guess everyone knew that Anakin was Darth Vader. No, because you've read the rest of the Bantam. That wasn't that big of a, you know, it wasn't yeah, a secret, but it wasn't that big of public knowledge either. Mm -hmm. But if you read 
Tatooine's ghost, everyone else knew. I don't know. It's just that that's the only unfortunate thing for me. But um, yeah, bugs. I love them. All right. So what is the people's number two? If it's Troy Denning, Noah's going to quit. Rage. I I am sorry, Noah. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. But number two is... The other everyone's favorite Clone Wars author, Karen Travis. No. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Four points, one, three, 60,897 people. Have it's not surprising. I don't. It's not surprising when you hear Jeremy saying, I'd rather watch Etan, you know, fall over Mando Jones <laughs> than Planet Twilight. That's just horrible. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. One of the first negative reviews we got on the Legends podcast on iTunes was because we didn't like Karen Travis. Yep. She's popular. I, I know people that I, a lot of people that I know actually do appreciate those Republic Commando books. In so. fact, I think the, the comment states the podcast is great, but they make fun of Karen Travis. Okay. And I don't I, like it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here. I considered Karen Travis as the number ten. And that, that seems that. really weird because I don't like Karen Travis as an author. But she is so frustratingly inconsistent. There are times in the Republic Commando series, and, and especially in like the Clone Wars, where it's some of the best stuff I've ever written. When when she's focusing in on the clones and the war and the and the Clone Wars and the war and like the horrible situation they are in and how they're dealing with it, it is some of the best stuff I've ever written. I, I've ever read. But 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 at the same time, she has then 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 it's like oh where oh well I'm dating the Jedi oh well this this clone is also has a girlfriend let let's bring in another girlfriend for the clones oh the Jedi are bad by the way all the Jedi are bad but these three Jedi they're they're okay but she they're wrote only okay because they don't like the other Jedi no she wrote no prisoners no prisoners yeah that was a good one yeah no no prisoner no prisoners is pretty good. Yeah. So the only books of her I would consider good, No Prisoners is kind of wonky just because it feels off having like Bantam characters meeting TCW characters. But I would say Hard Contact, her first book, is actually yes. decent the whole way through because there is no yeah. romance stuff. It's there is still... her too. Yeah. Yeah. And like Matt says, Etain is still like a uh, character, but still, that, that one I would recommend to anyone. It's fine. But Triple starting zero. with my like second they, book. Like when they tell her. Hey, you know the clone. Your Dar Dar Darman. What was his name? Yeah, Darman. Dar Darman. Remember, he's still like a ten-year-old, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm getting horny," and keeps talking. No, it Matt. It's even worse than that. He does. She doesn't even see Darman. She senses his presence in the force before. As a actually, child, she actually sees him, and she describes it as the essence of a child. He has then, the same force signature of a child. Yeah, and then in the end of the second book. Uh, she's pregnant. Yes. Yeah. I'll so tell, with book two onwards, it just falls apart. Order sixty six, the book doesn't have a plot. It's just every clone's romance. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what. With going back to triple zero, entertained dying stupidly. The the climax of triple zero when they go on the Mando hunt to get the terrorists is very well. It's well written. Oh yeah, that, that's great. Again, that's, that's great stuff. action. That's what she's good at. But I mean, her books and Legacy of the Force mm -hmm. are so awful. The let's what was the second last one? Revelation. When when the main story ends, and we still got to talk about the Mandalorians because Mandalorians. And then let's, she let's, makes okay, Karen Travis. She makes the Mandalorians like a galactic power again. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. in her books, which is irrelevant and never becomes important in anything else ever again. They yeah. develop a super undefeatable starfighter that makes the Sun Crusher look like lame in comparison. And, or, or they also defeat the main villain with ease. Right. And then in the next series. I got to talk about her and Boba Fett and, and the geriatric bunch that are her characters that show up in Legacy of the Force. Because they should all be in walkers. Become a they character have space history. walkers and space wheelchairs. I was going to say, we really went way off on this. <laughs> no, 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 I got I to lay this all out because I have I have major issues with this. Freaking, first of all, Boba Fett, a practical man, is the mo the worst one of the worst yes. short stories ever written. It 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 is only saved from being the worst Star uh, Star Wars New Jedi Order stories by the fact that invasion exists. Yes, <laughs> practical practical man has the great already with the opening. You can tell what you're in for because she at every start she quotes. A practical man begins with a quote by Virgilia, saying, "The Mandalorians are the third side of a two-sided blade with the Jedi and the Sith." And it's like, oh no, Karen, no. Oh yeah, and, and like the whole thing with with uh, New Jedi Order that I liked is the Tales short story. Where where the Mandalorians are in league with the Vong, it made sense. When 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 Han and Boba Fett meet after all these years since that that weird story in Tales of the Bounty Hunters, hmm. and Boba Fett's yeah yeah we teamed up with the Vong, but 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 then he shows up in unifying force, and it's all awesome again. But I think Boba Fett, a practical man, takes away from that. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, unifying force should be the end of Boba Fett. We don't need more Boba Fett. But now Boba Fett is like the most important character ever. And he's like 80. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make any sense why he's he's running around at this point. And like even with, again, Legacy of the Force, the, there's the... I think every every author has a problem with pet characters, some more than others, but it's no more apparent than Karen Travis in, in Legacy of the Force because in Betrayal, no no Mandos. Alston doesn't even touch the touch it, right? And then all of a sudden, um uh what's the what's the second one again? Bloodline. Bloodline. All mm -hmm. of a sudden the Mandos are so important. The Mandos, even in like the... even non Mando characters like Banner's talking he's like, I'm thirteen now. If I was a Mandalorian, I'd be a man. And it's like come Yeah, that's in the there. first like thirty pages. Ben is like, I wish I was a Mandalorian child. They are so awesome. Next two books, nothing. They they just disappear. They're not even there. Not even mentioned. You don't even you forget about it. And then all of a sudden sacrifice comes around and you're just like, Oh, that's right, the Mandalorians are a big part of this plot line, even the fact that they haven't been mentioned at all in two books. None of their storylines have been and then it just repeats and repeats. The only the only one not written by Karen Travis that even mentions the Mandalorian subplot is is Invincible because it starts off with Jaina still on Mandalore and Murda is in it. If it wasn't for those two things, the Mandalorian subplot would not be a part of any of Legacy of the Force outside of Garen Travis's books. Yeah, that was just like Denning trying to wrap the story up in the final book, which yeah. I I've talked about in detail. But yeah, at the beginning with, with Jaina and Boba together. And I think maybe this is a compliment to Travis because Denning's writing of Boba and Jaina in the beginning of Invincible is even worse than what Travis did. Like, it's really... 
terrible. Like they talk at each other like, yo, bro, let's let's go, let's kick some ass. That's I don't like it. Like he tries to convince they are friends, but <laughs> anyway, enough about Karen Travis. Uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Wait, I'm did we gonna... do number ones? Well, we need to do honorable mentions before number ones. Oh, okay. wait, wait, before we go on, I want because I wasn't here, Dylan. What are the uh, the most the top ten authors of the public? Of the public, at ten is Michael Stackpole. Number nine, Aaron Alston. Eight, Karen Miller. Seven, John Jackson Miller. Six, Stover. Five, James Kahn. Four, Timothy Zahn. Three, Donald Glut. And two, Karen Travis. Donald Glut. Yes. Well, the, of the, the Empire masses, Strikes Back novelization yeah. fame and the one Marvel issue. love the OT novelizations. The hmm. only reason the only reason Alan Dean Foster isn't on here is because he wrote other things that weren't as well received. Approaching Storm. Yeah. Um, he should have stuck with the new hope. So, for honorable mentions, um, Jeremy I has really twenty-five have... of them. Just to let you know, I got well, he'll make up for me because yeah. I didn't have any written He's down. But name I... the rest of the roster. <laughs> Bond and McIntyre. Go ahead. I would have. Uh, I would have put Tartakovsky on there definitely as an honorable mention. I think that was a good call out. Uh, Tom Beach, yeah, that, great piece as well. Um, so I, I've just been writing down names that you guys have been stating. I'm like, yeah, they should have been on my top ten. They they would definitely fit on there for my honorable mentions. Uh, Dylan. So I already talked about how I almost put Taryn Travis just for the good aspects of her books. I talked about how Michael P. Keel McDowell got bumped off my list when I remember Jendi Tarskowski. I love The Black Blue Crisis. I think it's one of the more underrated Bantam stories. And I think it's um, it's a very good setup into New Jedi Order because it has a lot, it's a lot darker story for the Bantam era. And I kind of think that's why a lot of people don't like it is because it's almost too dark for the Bantam era. <laughs> and, um, and I also had... I consider putting Hayden Blackman on here, but I just could not get over the fact that he was responsible for the Force Unleashed. It was too much of a blemish to consider him on the top ten. But Dylan, he co-wrote Runes of Dantooine. Like, I that know. must bump him up again. No. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it's yeah, on the cover. Co-writer. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny. Cool. Okay. Who's next? That would be me. So we already talked about two of my honorable mentions, which are Greg Keyes and R.A. Salvatore. Mm -hmm. um, first one would be William C. Ditz for the Dark Forces trilogy. Talks about good. weird Star Wars. It's a little too, too wonky to be in the top 10. I'd put him at number 12 if I was doing a top 20. Uh, I do love the Dark Forces trilogy, the whole Kyle Katarn thing. I think he really got the uh, video game novella thing down. He did the uh, uh, Halo stuff, right? I think so. Oh, he did. Um... He, well, he did Escape from Dagu, and that makes me curious if that ever comes out. <laughs> but I know he did that Mass Effect novel, which was so bad they made it non-canon immediately. I don't know which one that is, but that's surprising because he is usually pretty good. Yeah. And so, the first three of those were written by Capation, so... Yeah. There's a couple of these that only really wrote one novel so or one comic, so I didn't... I couldn't put them in my top ten just because of my rules. We talked about Andy Mangles, who wrote Twin Engines of Destruction. Did, and a certain short story. Which I have not read. I have not that's read uh, as of the recording of this. So I put him in honorable mentions. 
Uh, next would be Sean Stewart, who wrote Yoda Dark Rendezvous. He's a good honorable mention. Which I think is a really solid book, and I'll be reviewing it very soon. Um, next would be John Whitman yep. for uh, Galaxy of Fear. Um, the reason I put him in honorable mentions is because every Galaxy of Fear book, although they're really good, it's all the same type of writing. And that's what really uh, put him in honorable mentions. But his grip on the EU, I think, is really, really solid. Next would be Kevin Hearn, who wrote Heart of the Jedi. The, um, wait, wait, what? Kevin Hearn? I like Kevin Hearn quite a bit. Thank you for that soundbite. Kevin Hearn is the author of um, Heir to the Jedi in the Disney canon. Oh, my bad. Who wrote... Uh, Kenneth C. Flint. <laughs> Kenneth C. Flint. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I wrote him wrong on my... We have it on audio. Uh, we have it recorded. No. Your favorite author. And he'll use it, I guarantee you. I know. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna get his revenge on me. Making fun of him earlier for not showing up. Fuck me. <laughs> I'm glad I showed up. He makes this fun of me up. for calling him Eric, but yeah, he calls him Iraq, and I'm thinking, what country are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Um, anyway, uh, Rebecca Moesta put her on here because I think that Young Jedi Knights wouldn't be the same without her. And I do like her Junior Jedi Knights books quite a bit. Hmm. Next, I put Terry Brooks. Um, I think his Phantom Menace novelization is very good. In my opinion, it's my personal favorite of the, the prequel novelizations. But I think uh, Revenge of the Sith is better written. Next, I got Elaine Cunningham. I do like Dark Journey quite a bit, but it wasn't, like I said, it's the only thing I've read of hers, so I put her on This here. really is just a list of every author you didn't mention yet. <laughs> and yeah. that's it. That's it. And next I put Martha Wells of, of Razor's Edge and James S. A. Quirk. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do that. All right. Uh, That'd be Matt. <laughs> Matt's got your honorable mentions. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I like I said, I should have put Drew Carpishin on the list. I should have put um uh well Michael Big Scooby Dow, I mentioned him. Sean Stewart definitely he, he was a one and done, but he was excellent. Um I can't there's someone else y'all mentioned. I said I probably should have had him on the list too, and I can't remember who it was. There were some great Blackman would definitely be a good one. Go ahead. No, but, yeah. All right, it's my turn. Okay. Uh, honorable mentions. L. Neil Smith. Yep. I've got to be on there, but yeah, he should have written more for sure. Um, Brian Daly mm -hmm. for the Lander Trilogy, and he wrote the radio dramas of the OT. Sean Stewart, obviously, Yoda Dark Rendezvous is great. Mm -hmm. John Whitman, definitely, Galaxy of Fear, great stuff. Michael Ooh, John Reeves. Whitman. John Whitman should have made my list. I think he's great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Michael Reeves almost went into my top 10. Almost. But then I was like, I've got to put Veach just a tiny bit above him. Noah, let me ask something. If you could have five authors in each one of your uh, number ones through tens, you probably would have included him, right? <laughs> I would have, yeah. But I, 
I was sticking to the rules of how a top. 10 I thought was. there was a rule about that, but you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do the Sophie's choice. I just can't do All it. Right. But the last one I have at honorable mentions is maybe controversial. Randy Stradley. Stradley. No, I, I, I put that asshole far away. That's how I feel about Randy Stradley. But I, I, I had to put him up here for Crimson Empire and uh, Dark Times. Honorable mentions uh, for the masses. I guess I'll just do numbers 20 through 11, uh, if you're curious. Number 20, Jude Law. I thought Jeremy just did that. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Number 19, Michael Reeves. Hmm? Number 18, Terry Bison. Number 17, Jeff Grubb. Number 16, Paul S. Kemp. Number 15, Sean Stewart. Number 13, A.C. Crispin. Mm -hmm. Sorry, number 14, A.C. Crispin. Number 13, Ryder Wynnum. Number 12, Christy Golding. And just making missing the top 10, number 11, Maya Catherine Bonhart. I There's some YA offers in there, like Windham and uh, Jude Watson. That's yeah. interesting. All right, uh, Brian. So we're going to get the least surprising number one out of the way, and that's obviously going to be Michael Stackpole for me. Okay. There's obviously a lot of bias in that because he's one of the few authors I've met in person uh, a couple we times. We have a second and... person to defend the iJedi now. <laughs> Everybody else here, except for maybe Noah, I guess, uh, doesn't really care for iJedi. I like what it attempted to do more than anything else uh, and that it tried to uh, weave a new story into an existing story. Uh, and I thought there would have been a lot of different ways you could do the same thing throughout what we've already seen in the expanded universe with a different character experiencing events that are written about in other the um, you know, other main books throughout the, uh, the actual timeline and seeing it from, I guess, another point of view. Uh, it doesn't have to be first person. Normally, I don't like first person. I do think it was interesting that he was able to write not only third person, but first person. And it was first person in a way that I could actually, you know, you know, withstand the first person writing. So um, obviously, though, um, he's also on there because he's the first uh, author I read out of all of the Star Wars novels was uh, Back to War. So uh, he's going to be up there for a lot of reasons for me. <clears throat> Okay. Dylan. Mine, also no surprise. I've talked about this a lot. I just love Aaron Alston. I don't think he is technically the best author. I think that would either go to Lucino or Stover, but he is the author that I enjoy reading the most. Um, his stories are incredibly entertaining. I, I keep wanting to read them. He has some of the best highs and lows. I love especially with the uh, with his take on the X-Wing series. One of the problems, I think, with, with Stackpole is that really the only rogues that get his chance to shine um, are Wedge and Corrin. A lot of them, you get some Gavin, you get some Navara, but like <laughs> you really don't get like full chapters of like the, di the different rogues and their POVs. Alston gives you that. Alston gives you that and like has deep like uh, connections to stories for characters that are going to die. Like I, I think... Um, uh, uh, Ton Fannin is the, the famous one, but another one I remember, uh, just remembering putting that this lift, is um, the Bothan Slicer, uh, I think his name was Grinder, who, uh, again, he's dead by the second book, but he actually has, like, a, a, again, playing to his comedy, he has, like, several chapters where he's just off doing, like, his own pranks of, oh, I'm a slicer, I can slice into anyone's cockpits, so I can, like, and doing these elaborate pranks and how they all figured out it was him. 
and 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 it's like it's so much backstory for this character that like that you don't know he's gonna die when you, when you're writing it off, but he writes it. He gives he fleshes him out so much that you're 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 legitimately shocked when they do die because like, mm. but you spent so much time with this character building this up. Why did you just kill them off? Because Austin is cruel and he wants to kill off the people we love. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love it too. I love it too. But Tom Fannin, the letter that Face gets afterwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, come on. We know we're already sad. No, I yep. want to play with your emotions more with the with the knife. And well, he was good at that, playing with the emotions on the on the humor side and on the tragedy side. Yeah. And again, I a bit of spoilers um, because I know Brian hasn't read it, but again, I do not like when uh, when characters don't stay dead. And I appreciate that, despite teasing it in Mercy Kill, Ton Fanon stayed dead. Yeah, That's why I love him yeah. as a character. Yeah, I agree. Good pick, uh, Jeremy. Okay, it's obvious who my number one is. It's uh, Karen Miller. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just, of white space fame, Matt's favorite novel. It's it's, uh, it's okay. Uh, no, it's actually James Lucido. Mm -hmm. If you watch my channel, you know that um, he is the most. He balances the EU nods with approachability perfectly. It's a perfect mix. Uh, Darth, we talked a lot about Darth Plagueis, um, but I want to talk about what was his Agents of Chaos, like the best duology, duology. in in New Jedi Order. That's your start. That, that, that's where you're going to start from. Incredible. Uh, Cloak of Deception, we we did sh shit on that a little bit. It's not his best book, but I take it over his uh, new canon stuff, which I also don't think is bad. Um, Cloak of Deception, I'll tell you what, is better when you read Darth Plagueis. I you can get see more out of Cloak, of Cloak of Deception when, after reading Darth Plagueis. Uh, Millennium Falcon. Who would have thought telling the history of the Millennium Falcon would be interesting? Mm -hmm. And that was Lucino writing in an era he didn't like, and he still gave it like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Um, his Tarkin novel, I think, was pretty solid for being a new canon book. It it references Darth Plagueis the novel quite a bit. Um, his lead into Rogue One uh, Catalyst, I think, was really solid. Is it Labyrinth of Evil? No. But he also wrote Labyrinth of Evil, which we went in depth about on here. The ultimate how to get into a movie, mm -hmm. which I think it set the standard for movie tie-in novels going forward. Not just in Star Wars, but in general. You'll see the must-read book before you see blah, blah, blah movie. All the time. I think they, they had one for Warcraft. They had one for The Batman. And you wouldn't get that, in my opinion, if it wasn't for Labyrinth of Evil and how well Labyrinth of Evil did. That's a fair point. Agents of Chaos. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people know this. So, Agents of Chaos, when New Jedi Order was being made, was actually supposed to be a single novel. And then Michael Stackpole was supposed to write the Dark Tide trilogy. But when right. the Dark Tide trilogy became the Dark Tide duology, because Stackpole didn't want to do their edits and like have a three-part story, he shortened it to two parts. They made that second novel, that third novel. It, they gave that to Lucino and said, again, because he was still 
Stackwell was still at the time writing Dark Dark Tide Onslaught. So like they, they, they told us, you know, hey, in two books, your book you're planning, you've got to make that two books, not one book. And and he and he did it in such a way that you don't even know that's like it doesn't feel like a, a single story that was stretched out. It it feels like it was meant to be a duology, like on, on short notice, essentially. He he filled in. I don't think a lot of people know that story. And it uh really raised my respect for Lucino again when I when I found out about it years later. Yeah, cool. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. You don't oh. have any more offers on number one? No. I mean, the only one he hasn't named at this time is Walter John Williams, so I'm just waiting for him to say something. <laughs> I, I can't remember Destiny's Way. Okay, anyway, my number one is Walter John Williams. <laughs> Sorry, he did a great job. It's Kevin Janerson. Everyone knows yeah, that. I, everybody knows that. <laughs> no Okay. Oh, you already want my number one. Okay, it's also James Lucino, obviously. I agree with everything Jeremy said. Um, he was the head behind New Jedi Order. like, And he wrote the greatest ending that Star Wars will ever get, which is the unifying force. Exactly. That's also... Great. To jump into stuff he wrote outside of Star Wars, he is the quintessential Indiana Jones historian. He tied all of that together. Yeah, he uh, yeah he wrote something similar to like the new essential chronology, but for Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. And he also wrote the only adult young Indiana Jones novel, which I have not read. Uh, but he also wrote a novelization to The Shadow that I think was really good. I think it's a shame that he never wrote a novelization for Star Wars. Hmm. Yeah, I think if anyone could have done Revenge of the Sith other than Stove, it probably would have been Lucino. Yes, which I don't... I, I was thinking of the TCW novelization. I think the only oh. reason... Would have been better if Lucino wrote it. <laughs> I think the only reason it was Stover and not Lucino because uh, Lucino was already writing at the time the prequel and like sequel novel to Revenge of the Sith. So they're like, right. you can't write all three. We got to give this to someone else. Well, we got to talk about Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader, the, the book that doesn't have a lot of Darth Vader, but is still incredibly engaging. That's fine. Uh, Count Dooku is on the cover of Cess's Deception. He's not even in the book. I know. <laughs> But Dark Lord, it was so good. It's one of like uh, three Star Wars books uh, we got like German audio dramas for with like the original voice actors. So that's nice. Cestus Deception or Planet of Twilight? Cestus Deception. Cestus. Yeah, I would pick that too. I just wouldn't throw it by <laughs> Good try. It's the only Kit Fisto story where he's like a main character. Yeah. <laughs> And nothing happens, but yeah, I agree. It's better than Planet Twilight. So it has a bit of it has a bit of clone romance. It does. It is the first time we got that. So not only is Karen Travis awful with that, she's a hack. You heard it here first. Yeah. All right, good go. deal. <laughs> so the masses, Dylan. Well, no, the, the mass hasn't said it's number one. Oh, he, Matt did. It's a uh, it it's Kevin Jansen. Everyone knows that. Well, I mean, I want you to explain why. <laughs> I want you to explain I mean, well, why. I mean, I, I'm the only person here that loves the Jedi Academy trilogy. I love. We've talked about Young I Jane Jedi earlier. Academy. Uh, you talked about. I think Dark Saber is great. I think universally, a lot of people love Dark Saber. But um, and, and then of course he just did so much more. I just, I, I just, I just love him. But you dislike his 
best work, which is Tales of the Jedi Redemption. I, I, well, I, I, it's not bad. I just figured the original way it ended was fine. Hmm. After reading it again, I still like Redemption. I think it's fine, but I think I prefer the first ending to Tales of the Jedi. That's all. The masses. I wanted the to see. I wanted to see more of uh, Vima and uh, Ulick studying. You know, here him teaching her the Force, and I understand the comic book. You don't have much time to do things. But I wish it would have been a little bit more fleshed out. But, you know. Isn't it sad? Like, we almost got that Man Mandorla novel, but they didn't bring Anderson back to write it. That's like, that's me saying, like, I would have been fine with a Kevin Anderson novel if they gave him the Mandorla plot about Nomi and Vima shortly before KOTOR. I think it would have been great. Who was supposed to write that? Uh, some video game author. His name was, like, Alex Irvine. At least it wasn't Sean Williams. Drew Carpishin is the masses pick for best author. Figured. Hmm. Okay. Four point two one of uh, stars out of five, and uh, eighty-seven thousand and forty-three. Okay, makes sense. He does have good books. Good deal. Uh, interesting. Well done. That that was that was our top one hundred list. <laughs> Is this the Your list? top 100. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically you. Is this our longest Legends podcast ever? This is no. wow. Jer Jeremy's no. top 100 no. with uh, with 10 it suggestions from everybody else. done an hour and a half ago. I'll tell you what. This is the longest it's been that I was sober for. <laughs> we once did a New Year's stream where I fell during part of it. And hit I my remember head you fell up the stairs. Oh, that was a different one. That I'm was gonna go first. old school with you, Jeremy. Did you fall asleep next to your laptop with your hand on the screen? I'm not. I'm not a certain Tristan character. I almost invited him on here. I would love to see Tristan and uh, Edward again. Me too. The story is, I came in on a Skype because they were uh, to see if they were still talking, and they were both sleeping in front of their screen. <laughs> and they refused to get off it they just went to sleep together next to each other <laughs> on Scotty and I joked that they had their hands touching on the screen <laughs> yeah. I was like remember, remember what the heck is this Captain remember? Kangaroo crap what are y'all doing <laughs> wake up and Edward's like and, and I mean I mean I mean they're right up to it Tristan's <laughs> <laughs> Like were kids. They were just the kids at the time. Too. I've never seen true love like that over Sky, but <laughs> I don't know if that relationship's still going on today. Oh God, the falling out of that was just the worst. Which they, one? They they made up the ma the making up was just as good as the breaking up. Come on now, <laughs> they made up a lot. Yeah, they and they broke up a lot. They <laughs> broke that? up a lot too. Uh, you obviously haven't heard of Chile. <laughs> Bringing the old ones back. Remember when Josie would call into those would would join those Skype calls from the from the Burger King parking lot because she didn't have Wi-Fi at home. Yeah, she had Wi-Fi. She had to call from Burger King. Yeah, and she had to order. She was inside Burger King, but they made her order something, and she she couldn't afford anything. She went in the parking lot. Yep. 
Great time. And she'd be and there she, until some really late time at night. And we'll yeah, all be she'd like, be there like, are you safe? <laughs> <laughs> Those are the times. This is before Noah. Before Noah knew. Uh, yes. Those were the wild times. Um, well, Remember John Sadler? Remember Dylan's alias? Well, yeah, yeah. John Sadler's here. I was going to say, what do you mean, remember him? Can you look at the camera, please, Mr. Sadler? <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. Oh, man, we're going old school. But, but yeah, um, well, let's start. Brian, what are you reading? Uh, currently reading, I'm actually reading something in my own writing. Um, that I'm kind of going through and proofreading. But outside of that, I'm just waiting for a bunch of light novels to come out. Uh, I've been reading a lot of those um, as they've been coming out. And then uh, Star Wars-wise, I think... I think I am getting close to starting Destiny's Way again. So very, very much near the end of that. Okay. Dylan. John. I I recently finished the um, Lando trilogy. I think you guys oversold it. I, I didn't hate it, um, but it was just kind of meh. I thought I thought they got progressively better. Um uh but they, they, they just felt dated. Um, it's generally a uh, an immersion breaking when when um, things that don't have a Star Wars name, things that have a Star Wars name, get called by their real world name in a novel. And I know why that happened because the Star Wars names didn't exist at the time that O'Neill yeah. Smith wrote that. Uh, but it is still so it's not his fault, but it is still a problem I have with the novels. Um, and I'm now on to uh, Shadow Games. I'm like five or six chapters into that. Okay. Um, no is one. it good? Shadow games so far. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Hmm. Yeah, and look out because there's a big contradiction in there, which Maya Catherine Bonhoff, the public's number two favorite author, um, claimed, oh, it's not a continuity error. You read that wrong. Which, which is bullshit. What? <laughs> look, the book mentions Lando already owning Cloud City. Oh. And the... And, oh. And the and the lady luck, and that's completely off by like two years. That's a problem. Noah, what are you reading? I'm reading my own book, uh, the Ultimate Chronology. I'm at the Rebellion era. I just reached New Hope. Okay. Yeah, and then after that, I have to go into like the real big Galactic Civil War, which is a lot. But if you got <sighs> through the Clone Wars, you can get through this. I mean, Clone Wars, I left out most of TCW. That's probably a wise decision. Dark Times was more confusing, honestly, because every story takes place at the same time. Because they they weren't allowed to, like, spread it out because of the Underworld TV show. Matt. Yeah, I'm also reading my own book. Just like everyone. No, I'm kidding. I don't have anything to read. Um, I I am uh, reading Jedi Bounty. Okay. Okay, I, I, I think I'm almost done, but um, yeah. yeah. Like I told you, I think I'm liking it better than the first story arc. Okay. Really the, the prophetic um, diversity alliance story. It really is. It really is. Yeah, I like how on the on the cover of the books, uh, the main villain is literally Hitler. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> With the flags behind. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. That's good. 
Remember when Bill was stuck on Kenobi's blade for like five episodes back when we would record them once a month? Years. It took him like two years to read that book. (laughs) Two years. It took. Remember when it took Bill like two years to read the last thirty pages of Kenobi's blade? (laughs) We bullied him about it so much he just read it live on the podcast one time. (laughs) I don't. I kind of remember that. But um, okay. I you know you guys know me. I'm always in the middle of a couple of things. Um, I'm in the middle of Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis comic book tie-in, which feels like the Shadows of the Empire equivalent for Indiana Jones. It was their big multimedia project. Um, I'm also in the middle. I just read We Don't Do Weddings from Tales of the Mos Eisley Cantina. And Nias, right? Yes. Mm. And I'm halfway through Mark of the Crown by Jude Watson. And I am avoiding hard merchandise by KW Jeter until someone makes a fan audiobook of it because I can't sit and read it. I can't. That's the thing. It's the weirdest thing. I found this <clears throat> channel named Fulcrum Entertainment, and he did uh, unabridged audiobooks for Mandalorian Ar- Armor and Slave Ship. And it looks like he has no um, desire to read hard merchandise because he just did a. Uh, he did a 10 part audiobook of Allegiance and now just jumped into Darth Plagueis. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you're, you're moving on to a good book now. <laughs> you're not going back to s- something bad that I don't have to actually read. I can listen to it at work. So I'm, I'm a little disappointed there, but I- I'll be okay. Oh, quick question. I just thought of this at uh, two points. First, you forgot one of the best authors, uh, Matthew Geeks Eddick's favorite author, Greg Bear of Rogue Planet fame. But also, did anyone mention Timothy Zahn on his top 10 authors list? Uh, I, I, I didn't even put him as an honorable mention. I don't Someone did. Brian, yeah, I did. Brian did. Okay. So out of five people, only one put Timothy Zahn in the top 10. Well, best the masses haven't. The I masses have have been in the top 10. Brian made a good case. Yeah, I, I just. His track record's too bad for me. Yeah, it's like half good, half bad. Like once he gets away from post Endor stuff, it just all went down. Well, Outbound Flight is his best book. Uh, it's a, it's that that uh, Scoundrels is like the worst thing. Oh, I think Allegiance is worse. And then his new canon stuff. I stopped after Thrawn Double Vision, which was his second book. Oh, you didn't read uh, Thrawn Treason, where he tries to tie in the first book, but then they have to put the stupid Rebels tie-in stuff in, and he didn't want to put it in, so it's in an epilogue, and uh, Palpatine isn't acting like Palpatine? I may actually read it just to review it, because I did the previous two, but oh no. Also, he makes his home not Vong species in it? Oh, the discount Vagari from Outbound Flight. Yeah, yeah, and they're terrible. Um, he comes up with a female version of Thrawn named Al Alarmi or whatever. Salami, I'm not sure what she's called. I think she's an outbound flight, but as like a minor side character. But, but she's, doesn't she's... he have like a, the discount Pelion, Eli Vento? He has like a romance with Chis ladies. Oh, and Pelion shows up. Oh, no. Yeah, Pelion's in there for two seconds because Pelion's in Rebels. For Also for two seconds. But yeah, yes. and have you seen the actor they casted for Pelion? No. He he looks like Pelion. I think he's even British, so that's good, but I don't I don't even know who they cut. cast for Thrawn. I all I know is they uh um, the voice actor, I think. All I know is that Hera's been cast as Obi uh uh Ewan McGregor's new wife. 
you know, the one that he he traded his old wife for. And suddenly she she's now a Star Wars character and is horribly miscast. Yeah, great. But the Thrawn actor is the voice actor from Rebels, something Mickelson. I think Matt Matt Mickelson's brother or something. Okay. And he looks like a blue-faced Elon Musk. I, I don't know. Who, who was it? Ben, didn't everyone want Benedict Cumberbatch? Or is uh, Matt called him I, Benedict Cumberbutt to be Thrawn? Everyone did. Uh, I don't know. I think that's better. I wanted that. Gilbert Godfrey, but he's dead. Again. I wanted Gary Busey. That's right. He got me. Since That's Noah better. wasn't here for this, there are, according to the masses, hmm. there are 146 Star Wars books that are worse than Choices of One. Wow. What is the... Is the Deception considered the worst? Hmm? Yeah, what is considered the worst book by the masses? I think it's Cestus Deception. <laughs> the worst book, according to the masses, is Barbara Hambly's Planet of Twilight. No, I'm not making that up. <laughs> yes. Wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have to <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Uh, that's amazing. Of course. Well, apparently, Matt, there was a few more than 10 you collisted. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it not showing? Uh, hold on. I got to figure out which of... I have three screens now. And I've got, I got to figure out which one's which. Uh, on that note, I will have to bow out. Okay. But thank you for having me. It was great to have you back. It was like old times again. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. Noah, thanks for waking up. Yeah, my, my pleasure waking oh, wait, up in what? time. It's got the you wrong met one. I, I can't just have Matt Wilkins be my replacement just because I was asleep. Oh, <laughs> that's exactly what they couldn't get you. And so they said, Matt, would you sub in for I said, absolutely. <laughs> I can I can go with the angry German. Yeah. Channel that inner rage. That's All right. right. That's right. All right. Thank you, chat. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. See you, Matt. See you, dude. Why is it? Okay. I don't know. What, what are you trying to Are you putting porn on the screen? I'm trying to. At this point, people will take questions if anyone yeah. has some questions. Um, I'm going to scroll through the chat. Sorry, we haven't been really. We only have Papa Witch left in the chat, so yeah, go for it. Well, we got six people watching. Hmm. Uh... I'm, I'm just scrolling through questions. Questions here. Um, oh, thank you, Tuscan Reader. Did I miss an appearance of Walru? No, we didn't actually really talk about that. Um, also from Tuscan Reader, Disney calls themselves the Diversity Alliance now. Don't they slash them? Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'd believe it. Yeah. Although they took Willow off. we You missed that. We talked about uh, Dial of Dementia. Oh. And how it got I'm, back I'm hyped. I'm hyped. My most anticipated movie of all time, maybe. For the time traveling yeah. Nazi plot. That's great. Yeah. Um, the bottom three are Galaxy's Ruins of Dantooine, Crystal Star, Planet of the Twilight. Crystal Star does not belong. Crystal among Star those is, 
I'll tell you what, Crystal Star does not deserve to be in the top 10 worst EU books. Thank you. And there's so much worse. Top there's 10 those... worst? Hold on. Two, three, four, five, six. To be seven. fair, you're only looking at the adult novels, right? Yes. Uh, if the young adult novels were on here, they, they should all be higher. Top 10, bottom 10 adult novels Dark Forces Jedi Knight, uh, mm -hmm. at number 10 worst, I guess. Uh, Flame Wind of Ocean is nine. Dark Forces Rebel Agent eight. Splinter of the Mind's Eye seven. Star Cave is on Balku six. Children of the Jedi five. Uh, Mind Harp at four. Uh, Galaxy's Ruins of Dantooine three. Crystal Star two. Planet of the Twilight number one. Okay, fuck, fuck the masses for having the Lando trilogy on there. Like seriously, Sieging <laughs> Gambit is not on there. Like. Uh, That's the oh worst thing that ever came out in the EU. I I I swear it up and down. It's the worst thing. Uh, you no. you don't want to know where where Gambit the Gambit duology is. Is it in the top thirty? Because you already gave us the top twenty. Oh no, this was the office. Is it in the top ten? Clone Wars Gambit Stealth is number forty one. Uh, where is Siege? Siege, the second one, also known as Poor Man's Star Wars. Wild Under Space the Dome. on the on the Terra Miller topic is fifty three. It's better than two thirds of the EU, approximately. All right, Dylan, you would know this. Which one of my Star Wars reviews? Because you you, you took this this uh, cl audio clip. Is, did I say was a which book? Did I say was a litter box full of used tampons? Uh, the the Queen's book that Matthew sent you. Oh, I, I remember that. that. I remember the review. You were like, "I would rather have a little box full of tampons." Thank you, Matthew, for sending me this. Mm -hmm. From this asshole right here. Yeah. That's right. Okay, because I couldn't remember what I said because I told my my dad's now reading a bunch of EU, and I told them that I thought that I had said Fatal Alliance was a litter box full of tampons. Siege is fifty nine. Okay. Mm. Because I couldn't remember, because I reviewed Queen's Gambit, Alphabet Squadron, the Gambit Duology. No, I didn't re review those at that time. Uh, what did I review? Because this was when I lost my driver's license. I lost my driver's license. Oh, you reviewed Efron Alliances, I think. Yes, because I was listening to Star Wars audiobooks while I walked to work, and I had an hour walk to work each direction. It was awful. It was the dead of summer. Um, but I passed out behind the wheel of my car and almost got in a car accident. I ended up in the hospital. And uh, I lost my driver's license. They reported me to the DMV while I was like kind of semi-conscious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, anxiety is a, a bitch, everyone. Uh, it took a real, real. It took two months to get my driver's license back. It was such a pain <sighs> in the ass, and I had to walk in the dead of summer, and I had to move without having a driver's license. It was a pain. I had to move twice without having a driver's license. So I had to move in with my parents, and then I had to move back out like a month later. Um, but yeah, it was it was terrible. But I got through. Queen's Shadow, or well, the first one of those Padme books. I got through Alphabet Squadron because I remember walking over the overpass and being like, this is the worst thing I have ever read. Um, I read Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void mm -hmm. during that, uh, which was the best 
thing I was reading at the time. Ugh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I, I listened to. I remember you reviewed Revan and Deceived. Oh yeah, I went through all the old Republic books except for Annihilation. I got I, I hit Annihilation when I had moved. So, yeah, that's also when you reviewed the Ahsoka novel. Oh god, and I had read that way before that, and I just I, that was a review I filmed eight times. Everyone, sometimes you just when something's so bad, like you can't quite express how you feel, and you're editing the video, and you're like, "No, I got to reshoot this whole thing." I I reviewed Ahsoka. <laughs> Eight times I reviewed a new dawn at least four times. I reviewed, <laughs> um, I've reviewed a few things. I just did this the other day. I, I, re I went through and I'm like, ooh, I was re reviewing Slave Ship and I had I was going to edit the Mandalorian armor. And I looked at, I watched both those reviews. I'm like, I have to reshoot these. I'm not getting my point of course. Sometimes it takes a few times to get, um, get your point across. And I, I don't want to release crap to you guys. That's why we have the Legends podcast for the garbage, you know? I, okay. This is, I, I just, I, I love looking at this list because every time I, I find something new. This is number 31 to 36, okay? You're not ready for this. Number 31, New Jedi Order Trader. 32, Spectre of the Past. 33, Allegiance. 34, The Last Jedi. 35, I Jedi. 36, and 36, two spots ahead of the Unifying Force, Survivor's Quest. <laughs> All right. It's clear the masses don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> nope. Is this based on reviews or, or, or units sold? Reviews. User reviews from uh, Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes & Noble, Anapi, and Library Thing. They Average put style. allegiance over Traitor. No, no, no. Sorry. Allegiance is two spots behind Traitor. Oh, okay. That's not that great still. <laughs> but it's five spots ahead of the Unifying Force. I just don't get that. It's so bad. We've got to catch Allegiance up with is the better. Coming. The masses like Allegiance more than I Jedi. But, uh, sorry, uh, The Last Jedi by one spot. Mm. That's just so weird. Well, God. gents, I think I'm going to get going. Yeah, uh, I think we can wrap it here. Can we just quickly uh, catch up with I, the comments? There's some gold in here. Sure. Okay. What would you like to start? I'd rather do the comments than listen to this painful list of public opinion. <laughs> Matt's a hater. Thank you. Mm. I'm going through all Papa wedges here. So okay, cool. Yep. That, oh, yeah. that's no, they're, they're, they're awesome. They're great entertainment. <laughs> Next, <it's... laughs> I'm not sure I can agree with that. <laughs> he, I agree with that. Uh, and yeah, Pelion is in the new show. Oh, God. Uh, the... Mm -hmm. Oh, and now we get to the juicy stuff. Down there. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, everyone... I, I like John the Jedi into the Void, and no one else seems to, so... I like it. You're not in the minority, Michael. Scoundrels is number 61. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Anyway... <laughs> Please top him with his list. It hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, um, it has the Force Awakens Millennium Falcon on the Legends cover. Oh. That's like a <laughs> Delray level of mistake. How is this... Labyrinth of Evil 76? <laughs> K 
can can you can you go through the comments faster? Siege <laughs> <laughs> and Gambit, classic. Yeah, he oh. said. CG. No, no, no. He said uh, stealth and Gambit, Gambit. This time. He didn't say Siege and Gambit. He did say Siege and Gambit in a, at a different point in the video. The Lando trilogy is a tough read. I disagree completely. I agree the, with this. Chainsmoker Lando is the best. It is the great. most average by the masses EU novel is a tie between the New Jedi Order, Enemy Limes, Rebel Dream, and Maul Shadowhunter. That is what's considered <laughs> average. Wow. Don't like the Jedi right. Thank you. That that is Zahn's worst book that I have read. I mean, he has his new Thrawn trilogy and stuff, so we shall see, but that is rough. I like how <laughs> nowadays when you say, I've read the Thrawn trilogy, the, the other person can respond, which one? There's three of them. Yeah, there are Four, technically! Four, technically, because the German, the, the fucking Hand of Thrawn duology is now a trilogy here. Yeah, because the third book's called The Admiral's Wrath. Just... Yeah, they just split it in the middle. Because it would have been 800 pages. Is that the so. longest EU book? No, the longest EU book... Uh, Dylan, you yeah. said which one it was. Wasn't it one of the New Jedi Order books? Isn't it I thought it was Unifying Force. Force. Yeah. Was it okay. Unifying Force? Oh, okay. Technically, uh, by page count and paperback, the longest is Star by Star, but that's only because they put Recovery in the paperback, uh, which is right. like 90 pages. I, I remember... Uh, on Facebook, someone was like uh, reading New Jedi Order, and they didn't know Recovery was like a short story. So they like were complaining about how the prologue made no sense and didn't have anything to do with the rest of the story because <laughs> they just read it cover to cover. Do you guys remember in the paperback of Triple Zero, they have a a story, a short story with the commandos that happens before Triple Zero? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the Karen Travis, like they do that. Triple uh, Zero and um. True Colors both have this issue where there is a there's a short story that is that happens before each of the books, but it's at like the beginning. It's like the end of the book, right? So like if you're reading cover to cover, and and because the books, right? The books like True Colors mentions the short story and like references the short story that is at the end of True Colors, just like Triple Zero does the same exact thing. But they're at the end, so if you're reading cover to cover. You get, you get them out of order. Instead of putting the short story that was in Triple Zero at the end of Hard Contact, which would make sense because then when you're reading cover to cover, it'd be chronological, and then the Triple Zero short story at the end. Sorry, at, and then the uh, True Colors short story at the end of Triple Zero. No, they, they reverse it. They have the same with uh, Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void. Uh, what was the short story? Eruption oh, is also eruption. at the end. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Okay. Um. Alliance, Thrawn Alliance's worst thing ever. Oh, it's similar to the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy with how it's told with the different timelines at the same time. Yeah. And it's worse. It's a million times worse. Yes, it is. But anyway, um, oh God, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. I don't remember. You guys oh. want to talk about my rebellion era chronology, the progress? Sure. I finished writing about Operation Skyhook yesterday. Um, 
all the times the rebels stole the Death Star plans. It's a it's a fucking mess. We needed a novel to smooth it out. Yeah. And oh, something exciting! I should have told Matt while he was still on here. I just got the summaries of the Hungarian Han Solo novels. Uh, yeah, so I know what happens. Want to know about that? Yeah, so I know what happens in them now because the lead uh, translator was friendly enough to give me the summaries for my chronology. Awesome. When's the next one coming out? Do you know that? Uh, the, the prequel era one, which is volume two, is already uploaded on Amazon, but I haven't published it yet. I'm waiting for my German guy to finish the PDF of the Old Republic one. Okay. And if he has the time, like, I mean, the month is almost over, so. Next month, the first one should come out like pretty soon, I hope. If so not, I'm just going to release Volume 2 first. So are you going to put out the Old Republic one just with the state of the Switch War as it is right now? You're not going to wait till it's done? It'll no, do I'm not. That could. Who knows how long it takes till Swoto is done? I just have one chapter saying, and then the Sith Empire was defeated or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's, let, let exactly me, right that, too. I, yeah. I want to throw this in here for the last minute thought. Is Swotor even canon? It canon shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't be, but it is. Because I'd argue in 2008, it was hard to tell what was canon and what wasn't. Because I argue I, Force Unleashed shouldn't be canon. It is because of how it references what it references, at least early on. The more recent stuff, it gets a little more gray, though, because they're doing other things with it, which I'm like, eh, I don't know if that fits. So they're doing well. what Fantasy Flight did, and then are slowly incorporating canon stuff into it. Right. So, yes and no, I guess is the right answer. Because <laughs> TCW should not be canon, period. <clears throat> yeah, I left that one out, thank God, but oh yeah, Papa Wedge, go on, check his comment, that's also true. He promised he would fact-check the Old Republic era for me, yeah. Still have to do that. Yeah, dead end. Yeah, there's really not a lot they're doing with the story, and that's another mm -hmm. reason why it kind of feels like it's just done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Somehow the Sith Empire fell. I guess. Somehow Darth, Darth Malgus returned. Yes. And, and somehow the Brotherhood of, of Darkness became a thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, this reminds me, you know how, how I wrote it? Because... Uh, where they are currently at, one exactly 100 years later, we get the Force Unleashed backstory for two Sith Lords, one of which is like the, the Utapau guy that you fight in the Wii version. And it's like, I guess they must have been, like the Sith Empire must be gone by this point, because this guy became like the first Darth in a while. Mm -hmm. But there's Dark, because Knight Errant still takes place between whenever the end of Switch War is, and, like, Bane Trilogy, so... It, like, Bane Trilogy... Oh, yeah, yeah, we got the return with uh, Darth Ruin, a Jedi who became Darth Ruin, and he creates a new Sith Order, and that's the beginning of the new Sith Wars. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's messy. Let's call it there. Three hours in. Three hours, Three hours. in. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for sticking with us this long. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank, good thank God I, I woke good up. Good fun, guys. We've got a few more uh, ideas in the in the pipeline here, so we won't be gone for a long time again. So, anyway, have a good one.